Hello, my name's Ben Wilson. I'm an expert advanced auditing tutor. And in this podcast, we're going to take an event from the world news and discuss it from an auditing perspective to help you to build the evaluation skills you need for those longer case study style questions. Silicon Valley Bank collapsed spectacularly in March 2023. It was a $212 billion lender. It's the second biggest banking collapse in the US. And with banking, when one goes down, it's like a domino effect. Investors and depositors get worried and they start pulling their money out of the banks and other banks start to fail too. And there have been several others that have gone under, the biggest of which is Credit Suisse, which had to be rescued. Now, in this edition of the podcast, we're going to explore what happened at Silicon Valley Bank, why it went bust, why those 8,500 staff have got their jobs at risk, and we're going to explore the role of KPMG in that collapse. Because just two weeks before Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, KPMG gave them a clean bill of health with their quarterly 10K filing saying everything was okay. Two weeks later, the bank went bust. So something has clearly gone wrong there with the audit. And, well, the um, investors, the shareholders in Silicon Valley Bank have filed a class action lawsuit against KPMG and others that are involved in the collapse um, because of their perceived negligence. Now, we don't know all of the facts about what went on, but I'm going to tell you what I do know. Bit of a heads up, though, first of all, about this podcast. Banking is pretty technical, right? And this is not the Advanced Financial Management Exam podcast. This is about auditing. So I'm going to keep the banking stuff quite light. Um, and if you are a banking expert, you're going to think I'm doing it all a little bit superficially, right? But that's so that we can focus on the audit angle and quality management particularly is something that the examiner for AAA has flagged as a super hot topic and has been testing regularly. So it's somewhere that I really want to focus. This is a good one. I hope you enjoy it. So to understand what went wrong at Silicon Valley Bank and why it collapsed, we first need to really understand a bit about what Silicon Valley Bank actually did. So as the name suggests, Silicon Valley, it's tech. And this was a bank that specifically focused on providing banking services in the tech sector. So you're a startup tech business. You go out and you raise a load of money from venture capitalists who think you've got a great idea in the tech industry. And you're based in Silicon Valley because that's where all of the funding is. And that's where the expertise is with, with support businesses and investors and everything else. So lots of businesses, smaller tech companies, raise money from their funders and in, well, they didn't have, they didn't, you're not going to spend it all straight away when you raise funding, right? You need to put it somewhere safe so that uh, you, the money's there when you need it. So you deposit in the bank. So companies like Roblox, if you've heard of those, or like me, my daughter absolutely loves playing Roblox. They had $150 million with Silicon Valley Bank. Circle had $3.3 billion. Roku had $487 million deposited at Silicon Valley Bank. Now, 
What does a bank do when it's got all these lovely deposits, it's customers' money, right? It tries to make a return on them. And this is how the banking sector works, right? It's called fractional reserve banking. The bank will take its deposits and they'll make an estimate, something like 10%, right? And say, we need to keep 10% in kind of cash or available funds, just in case Roku or Circle want a little bit of their money back. We'll keep 10% aside. The 90% will put it to work so that it earns us a return and the bank makes some money. And what Silicon Valley Bank did is invested a lot of money in long-term US government debt. You would think that that is very risk-averse, wouldn't you? And that's kind of what the risk committee of Silicon Valley Bank thought as well. We're being safe here by lending our money to the US government. Now, the problem is that the US government, well, they did it by buying uh, bonds, right? US government debt. And when they were buying these bonds, interest rates in the US were very low. Well, they were very low all around the world, near enough 0%. And so these bonds, the way that bonds work, and I don't want to get too technical here, when interest rates are low, the bond price is high. I'm not going to explain why, because that's a financial management point, but just take that as red, right? Interest rates low, bond price high. Then, so we're going back in kind of like 2020, 2021 here. 2022, interest rates are still near 0%. But then the beast of inflation starts to spread around the world. And the US is not immune to it. Inflation rates start to rise spectacularly. And what tool does a central bank have to fight off inflation? You may have experienced this yourself if you've got a mortgage. You'll have seen that central banks all around the world have been putting up interest rates to fight off inflation. Interest rates in the US at the time of recording this podcast are up at over 5% to the central bank rate, up from 0% near enough in March 2022. That is a spectacular rise in interest rates. Now, I mentioned earlier what happens to US government debt prices when, well, when interest rates are low, bond prices are high. So can you guess what happens when interest rates go up, interest rates go high? Yes, the bond price falls. And so the value of all of this US government debt that Silicon Valley Bank had bought dropped a lot. Now, we're going to explore in the next section what that drop meant for Silicon Valley Bank and why the fall in the US bond prices triggered their collapse. So Silicon Valley Bank, being risk averse, they had about $80 billion invested in long term US government debt. And the value of that government debt, those bonds fell off a cliff when interest rates rose throughout 2022 and into 2023. Now, that is bad news for Silicon Valley Bank because the value of those assets it owns, those bonds, has fallen. Now, if something falls in price, let's say you own a house, right, and house prices fall, that might not make you feel very good that your house is worth less, but it's only really a problem if you sell your house and have to crystallize the loss. 
And that was the problem with Silicon Valley Bank. Some of the depositors, so companies like Roblox and Roku and Circle, wanted their money back. They started to withdraw their deposits because there was a bit of a whiff on social media that Silicon Valley Bank might be in a bit of trouble because of all of this US government debt that it held. And so Silicon Valley Bank, to pay out those deposits for people who wanted their money back, they had to sell some of their bonds and crystallize their losses. A bit like you having to sell your house at a loss. That's when it really hurts. And so Silicon Valley Bank made about a $2 billion loss on some of these bonds that it sold. That word then spread around social media. This bank is in trouble. And if you're a tech company that's got money in a bank that might be in trouble, what do you do? Of course, you withdraw your deposits, don't you? And that makes Silicon Valley's bank even their problems even worse because then they've got to sell more bonds and crystallize more losses. And it starts to become like a snowball running down the side of a mountain. It might start off as a seemingly quite small problem, but very quickly it's becoming an avalanche. That semi-run on the bank, well, that when news started to spread about that, people who owned shares in Silicon Valley Bank started to sell their shares as well. And the share price in Silicon Valley Bank dropped by more than 60%. It's a modern run on the bank. There's nobody queuing outside to get their money back, as there might have been in the 1920s in the spectacular banking collapse of the 20s. But it's the modern version. Everybody wants their money back at the same time, and the bank collapses. In the next section, we're going to explore the role of the auditor. KPMG, oh, so embarrassing. My old firm, KPMG, seems to be the subject of pretty much all of these podcasts I do when an audit has gone wrong. Oof. So the role of KPMG in that collapse in this section of the podcast, and we're going to bring it back to quality management, which is the examiner's super hot topic at the minute. Now, KPMG... Well, they'd been the auditors of Silicon Valley Bank since 1994, a 29-year relationship. And KPMG was earning some nice, juicy audit fees from Silicon Valley Bank. They earned $325 million in fees in 2021. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, just two weeks before Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, in their latest 10K filing, which is the quarterly filing that US listed companies have to release to the market, it's a set of financial statements effectively. Well, in that, in that set of, um, in that 10K, KPMG's audit opinion was clean. Everything was okay, according to the auditors. Now, a lot of the details haven't emerged about what perhaps went wrong with KPMG's audit. So I'm going to stick to the known facts. And this kind of stuff is going to be the sort of thing that is in the examiner's mind when they're writing exam questions on quality management. Now, you may know I used to be an examiner. And when I was writing exam questions, it's really hard to come up with inspiration. What should I do a question on? Well, you look around at what's going on in the, the world news at that time, and you might use that for your inspiration. 
Now, I'm not going to I'm not saying you're going to get an exam question on Silicon Valley Bank, but this is certainly going to have been in the examiner's mind when they're writing exam questions. So pay attention. So I've mentioned a couple of things already that are red flags in terms of quality management. Length of service. KPMG have been the auditors for 29 years. Now, if you're doing the UK syllabus of uh, AAA, you're already thinking, what? It's a listed company. I know the rules. They're supposed to put the audit out for tender after 10 years. And after 20 years, they're supposed to switch auditors. Well, that's a UK rule. And this is a US company. But the same principle applies. After 29 years of service, there is going to be a huge familiarity threat for the senior auditors and for the firm that are involved in producing the audit work. You know the people running Silicon Valley Bank. You trust them. And therefore, when they say everything's okay, you kind of believe them. Do you really robustly challenge them on their going concern assumptions? Perhaps not. So there's definitely a familiarity threat that had built up through that long length of service. The second thing I've already mentioned is the fee size, right? A self-interest threat for KPMG because of fee dependency. $325 million they earned in 2021. They wouldn't want to give a, a, a modified audit report or force Silicon Valley Bank to admit that they're not a going concern or have a material uncertainty over going concern paragraph in the audit report. They wouldn't want to do that because that might trigger the collapse of the bank and KPMG might be dependent on those fees. Now, hopefully you're thinking, well, I know the fee thresholds for a listed company. If it's over 5% of gross practice income, then we should have safeguards in place. Or if it's over 10%, then we shouldn't be doing the work. Now, KPMG is an enormous audit firm. So this 325 million audit fee on a firm basis for KPMG doesn't get anywhere near those thresholds. But think about the individual audit partner. And this is a really good angle for an exam question. I think about the individual audit partner, right? Their performance is rated against the fees that they're bringing in. So that individual audit partner, if they are robust and challenge Silicon Valley Bank really robustly on their going concern assumptions, well, that audit might be lost because Silicon Valley Bank might collapse as a result. And therefore the individual audit partner has a massive self-interest threat. There's also a self-review threat, right? And this one takes a little bit more explaining. So as part of the going concern assumption that management of Silicon Valley Bank would have to do, they'd have to be looking at, you know, potential rises in interest rates and doing a kind of, um, forecast with some um, looking at stress testing. If rates rise, what will happen to us? Are we going to be able to survive? Now, they'll have been doing that same forecast for years. And in previous years, KPMG must have said it's okay. And it turned out to be okay. Now, if in the 2023 10K audit work, the audit partner turns around and says, you know, we thought it was all okay in the past and we let you get away with it. Well, now we're going to challenge you robustly. 
right? That's a self-review threat because you are effectively criticizing your own audit work from previous years and an audit partner might not be willing to do so. Now, other parts of quality management that would be involved in this audit, it's a listed company. And so what should be happening around the listed company audit? An extra stage of review. Do you know what it is? Yes, an EQR, an engagement quality control review. An independent partner at KPMG should be robustly challenging the audit partner on the audit evidence that's been obtained and the key decisions and key judgments that have been made. And one of those must have been around the going concern assumption. And I mean, it's not a secret that interest rates were going to rise. It's been publicized massively. The central banks around the world, including the US Central Bank, have been making it very public knowledge that they're going to be increasing rates for the foreseeable future. So this should not have been a surprise that rates were going to rise. And therefore, the EQR reviewer should have been really robustly challenging the audit partner on allowing Silicon Valley Bank to make the assumptions they did in their going concern forecasts. Now, so that EQR cannot have been done properly, cannot have been done robustly and thoroughly. Now, one other thing to mention. Uh, Now, it's a listed company audit. So in the audit report, there's an extra section, isn't there? Can you remember what it is? Yes, a key audit matters section where we look at high risk areas of the audit. So the auditor identifies these, the high risk areas, explains why in the audit report, these were deemed to be high risk and the procedures that were performed and the evidence obtained as a result. That key audit matters section in this KPMG audit report did include this uh, this, this area around credit losses, right? The interest rates rising, um, causing a potential uh, losses on their bonds and therefore this potential run. It was raised in the key audit matter section. So KPMG could point back at that and go, we flagged this, guys. If you read our audit report and read it thoroughly, you'll have seen we flagged this as a risk. But if you were a user of the accounts, wouldn't your response be, yeah, you flagged it as a risk, but then you signed off on that 10K saying that that risk hadn't materialized and that everything was fine. Silicon Valley Bank is going to continue trading. So there has been this class action lawsuit from shareholders who have sued KPMG for potentially negligent auditing in signing off the accounts just two weeks before um, the the bank collapsed. And I mean, it does look like they've got a case to me, although we don't know all of the details yet. Wow, that was a long one. I try and keep these to sort of 10 to 12 minutes so they're a bit more punchy, but it's such a complicated area banking and also such a critical exam topic with quality management. I really wanted to spend a good amount of time here. One other juicy fact to finish on with Silicon Valley Bank. The the executives of Silicon Valley Bank, so like the chief exec, the chief financial officer, you might think that these guys would have lost a lot of money because of the collapse of the bank. But don't worry, just before the bank collapsed, a lot of those executives miraculously managed to sell a lot of their shares. Oh, and if you're worried about those 
bankers who might have been due their bonuses. Yeah, all of their bonuses were paid out just hours before the bank collapsed. Yay, capitalism. Stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, investors in the bank have pretty much been wiped out, but the bankers are still getting their bonuses. Boo. Right, that's it for this edition of the podcast. On that negative message to finish, I don't like to do that. But I hope you found this one interesting and useful for your exam preparation.